VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Longest tenured coaches in the NFL, Bill Belichick, 22 years. The next two guys on the list in the same division. Mike Tomlin arrived in Pittsburgh in 2007. One year after that, John Harbaugh arrives in Baltimore. They are both still going strong, and Harbaugh has an extension through 2025. 137 and 88 in 14 years as the coach. Future Hall of Famer, without question in my mind, has that one Super Bowl win, but the Ravens are good every year and he has adapted and changed with the times think of how much the nfl has altered itself since 2008 and harbaugh is still at the cutting edge of all coaches embraces analytics knows how to get through to players knows how to inspire them to give their absolute all every single day and i think he's going to be like what pete carroll is now the spry 70 year old i think 70 year old john harbaugh would beat the crap out of 70-year-old Pete Carroll when, when Harbaugh gets there. They're, they're 10 years off. But if they could just, like, freeze Carroll for 10 years until Harbaugh can catch up, Harbaugh would mop up the floor with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't deny that. I don't. He's a Harbaugh. We know they can be edgy, certainly. Uh, it's a, an amazing accomplishment. You know, I, I think you said it right. Harbaugh, to me, is <clears throat> a Hall of Fame coach, a special coach. He is. I mean, just the, the fact that this era right here, uh, you see where he is on that list. Uh, to, to be in one place where <clears throat> we're in an era of you mess up once as a head coach and they try to get you out or you have one or two underwhelming seasons, they try to get you out. But you said it. There's really – like you can't even argue that with the Ravens. Nine playoffs in 14 seasons, right? And then out of those five years they didn't make the playoffs, like the majority of them are like this past year where it's like, oh, an injury. They were really kind of a playoff team and it didn't happen or, you know, there was Lamar got hurt or they just missed out by a game. They never really fall off the edge to where you just go, oh, my gosh, the Ravens are no good this year. They're not even competitive. That, that I think, speaks to it a lot as well. And, and you said it right with Harbaugh. He's got this blend of new age, old school, we're tough, 
but we're also going to go into a new offense that nobody in the history of the NFL has ever had with a quarterback with a skill set that nobody's ever had to do something new. That's where he's really cool. He's got a special way about him, and he's easy to root for. I mean, he is. The Ravens are, you know, their identity meshes well with, with, with John Harbaugh for sure. Now, they have that taken care of. Harbaugh, another extension. There was only one time during his career that it kind of felt like right. maybe there was some chatter about him being on the hot seat. But I think Steve Bishotti, the owner of the team, realized that there is another thing that John Harbaugh has in common with Mike Tomlin. If they're ever fired, they're going to get hired the very next day by someone else. Like someone will fire their coach to hire John Harbaugh the next day. Same as with Mike Tomlin. So I think the Ravens recognize they got a pretty good coach and they should hold on to him. Yeah, agreed. He is. He's the guy that can get your organization, you know, hitting on all cylinders or get everything going in the right direction to change it, whatever. The culture they have set forth there, the players, you know, we always hear they love playing there. We never see a guy leave town and really ever be disgruntled by anything. I think it speaks to a lot. We always look at them and go, oh, the Ravens, here they come. The tough team, the team that will beat you up. Uh, that, that's all because of the, the coach. And, of course, the front office matches that attitude as well. But uh, Harbaugh is pretty damn good and pretty special to sign this extension and say at the end of it, Damn, you've been with one team for 18 straight years. Uh, that, that really is special, especially right now in this age. Now the Ravens can focus their attention again on something that they can't make happen, which is Lamar Jackson coming to the table to negotiate a contract. Lamar Jackson representing himself. Lamar Jackson not engaging with the Ravens in the 15 months since he became eligible for a second contract, entering the fifth year of his rookie contract. Steve Bishotti, the owner of the team, addressed it yesterday. He said it's unique as hell. The kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy. I think he wants that to say, now I deserve to be on top. Unless he has a change of heart and he calls Eric DaCosta, GM of the team, and says, I'm ready. Eric can't keep calling him and saying, you really need to get in here. That's not a GM's job. I'm intrigued by the possibility that Lamar Jackson yes. doesn't think he deserves a second contract until he wins a Super Bowl. Does he not realize that his second contract, number one, is deserved by the MVP trophy that he won? Right. And number two, at some point his ability to win a Super Bowl is going to be impaired by his failure to do a contract that creates a cap situation that allows the Ravens to go out and get the players they need. <laughs> at some point you need to do it. It's amazing. If you want to win a Super Bowl. It's amazing. We've never, you know, again, we, this is the offseason of we've never seen this crap happen ever in the history of football. I, it, it's really unbelievable this offseason. It's one thing after another. And this, you know, file this under it too. Wait team wants to give player boatload of money player doesn't really give a damn and doesn't answer the phone it's the oddest damn thing i've ever seen i mean yeah yeah it's a, a unique as hell as as the owner put it I, I i don't get it i don't i can see lamar jackson being that way though i could see him being that way uh, it's a mistake if he I, is it is a mistake for sure I, I, there's no doubt i'm not trying to <clears throat> you know justify it but there are those guys in the NFL who are humble. He expects a lot from himself. He's probably told people there, we're going to get the Super Bowl. I'm here to get the Super Bowl. I'm here. And he's probably has that pressure on himself a little bit. You know? But, yes, it's not the right. You, you, this, is, this is business here. 
and as as much as maybe that personal feeling is is in the way, uh, it's just too risky, and that's that's where it's amazing. And you know, you're right. It's the point is he's also hurting his own team because they can't figure out the salary cap and the things they want to do moving forward because they can't get this part of the situation corrected. What he needs to do, and this is the advice I would give him if he were my son, brother, cousin, nephew, friend, client, I would say, Lamar, you need to set up meetings with five of the top quarterback agents. And it's not that hard to come up with a list of the top quarterback agents. Set up meetings with, with, with each of them and run your plan, whatever your plan is, whatever it is. Whatever explains why you're doing what you're doing, or more accurately, why you're not doing what you're not doing. Explain to them why you're employing this strategy. Get their feedback. Maybe hire one of them, or maybe not. They're not going to give you a bill. You're you're sitting down with them with the possibility you're going to hire them. You're going to get some free insight from them. And if all five of them tell you something similar as to what they think of your plan... Maybe it's time to get a new plan because I don't see the logic in any of it, Chris. No, there's the, no. The idea that the idea that that I I don't want a contract until I get a Super Bowl that that's ludicrous. Okay, the the idea that I'm going to play out seven years with the Ravens and then become bless you a free Thank agent you. that doesn't work for a guy who plays a very physical brand of football. You can't assume that you're going to make it through three more seasons and still have enough tread on the tire to go somewhere else. So that is an ill-advised approach, if that's what he's trying to do. Um, if, if it's as simple as, and I fear this is the explanation, yeah. and I hope it's not. Right. If it's as simple as, I don't want to pay an agent. I don't want to give an agent 3%, 2%, 1%. 0.5%, whatever the fee would be, yep. that's a huge mistake because you're going to keep 100% of a hell of a lot less than 97 98 or 99% of what an agent's going to get you. A hell of a lot less is what you're going to get on your own because you're already misplaying this, you're already hurting your leverage, and you're only taking the chance it's going to get worse. So this penny-wise, pound-foolish approach that some players have, I don't want an agent. Why? Because I don't want to pay him. But don't you understand He's going to get you more than what you're going to get on your own, even if he takes a three percent or two percent or one percent piece of it. Don't you understand how that works? Yeah, plenty of guys don't, and they refuse to understand it. They refuse. It's like talking to a wall to get somebody to understand. Look, you can either keep right ninety-seven percent of this big ass pie, or a hundred percent of this much smaller pie. Yeah. What would you rather have? Well, I want it all. No, <laughs> no, you get more pie. Right. If the agent gets you a much better deal, and and if an agent gives you advice that leads you to getting the deal when the window's open, the window's open now. And here's my concern for Lamar Jackson: at some point, the Ravens are going to get exasperated, and they're going to say, "We're done. We're out." Who wants to trade for Lamar Jackson? And I have a feeling that happens after this season. Nothing to base it on, yeah, but at some point you throw point. your hands in the air and say, we got to move on. I, I, I don't disagree with that, you know. And, you know, to, to your point with the contract thing and stuff like that, first off, with Deshaun Watson, a player of that caliber, he could probably get an agent for 1%, 1.5%. He can. It is worth it. There's no doubt about that. You know what? The other thing, too, I want to say as Captain Obvious is go, hey, we're football players. You're a football player. You're definitely not a businessman. You're definitely not an expert in contracts. You know, it's, it's almost as crazy as, hey, why don't you let some agent go play football? 
as you as far as players doing contracts. I, I mean, it's really, it's to me almost that crazy. Maybe not quite as apples to apples there, but pretty apples to apples as far as talking in, in, that, in that way. So that makes no sense. It's not an area of expertise for Lamar Jackson or 99.9% of the players out there. And I think we can look at players who have done their own contracts too and look at them and go, well, there's been some issues with that where they weren't protected yes. the right way. So yes. know, we have evidence of that where the team won. They got over they beat the player in an area that he's not very good at. Uh, so, duh. And then 100%. Right. So then here's the other thing, too, Mike. I mean, if if the Ravens call Watson finally, and DeCosta is like, all right, that this is it. I'm calling one more time. We'll give you the Deshaun Watson contract. Oh. What do you think he signs that? Would he do that? Well, I you mean, take like, it and run with it. I know. I, I mean, I would think there's a lot of contracts five, you take and run with it. But well, I just I wonder if that changes the game here, too. Well, it does from the Ravens' perspective, and Steve Bishotti, the owner of the team, acknowledged yesterday that the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed, five years fully guaranteed into the future. The Browns, as of next March 31, will have to put $169 million into escrow because of this contract. That's the way it works under the funding rule. And apart from whether or not Deshaun Watson should have been the first to get the fully guaranteed contract, and yes, Bishotti went there, to me, he said that's something that is groundbreaking and it'll make negotiations harder with others. And look, Bashadi said the quiet thing out loud. Yes, there he because did. Because there is a very real element of collusion that happens in the NFL. Very real. They get pushed on it and pressed on it. Not very often, but it happens. It happens under the guise of the management council. The management council says, well, you should do this. You shouldn't do this. You should do this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't fully, very fully guarantee five years of a contract. The Browns did it. The Browns crossed that bridge, and now other teams are going to get pulled across it. It is perfectly permissible under the CBA. It is something the Browns are allowed to do, and the teams aren't allowed to come together and say, we're not doing this. So this exposes it the does. mindset. Yeah. There is collusion in the NFL. There's collusion with coaches' salaries. I, I'm convinced of that. And there's collusion when it comes to the rules that apply to player compensation. We've talked about it time and again. Yeah. 2010, the uncapped year. What happened? The Cowboys and Washington treated it as uncapped, and they got whacked later yeah. by everyone How else. How dare you this, treat it the way we said we were going to treat it? <laughs> this, this, this is another example of it. And Bashadi went there. And, and it proves, in a roundabout way, that collusion in the NFL is very real. They didn't want anyone to have a five-year guaranteed contract, especially not the guy with 22 civil lawsuits right. pending against Exactly right. Did they order a code red on Jimmy Haslam this week at, at the Breakers? That's what I want to know. Did the owners order a no. code red? <laughs> like, he it, says no. <laughs> they beat him up or put him through the paddy whack machine for doing this to them. I mean, they, 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 there's got to be some pissed off owners at Jimmy Haslam. I would think he's What's about. the paddy whack machine? You, know, you, never, you never had the paddy whack machine where like. You know, we used to play games where, like, if you lost a game, no, you'd have to go through, like, say we played dodgeball or something like that, and, you know, somebody lost or a game of that nature. Everybody would line up, and that person would have to crawl through everybody's legs, and you'd get to smack them on the butt as they go there, go through as hard, as hard as you could. That was the the paddywhack machine. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more about that because... (laughs) I it's don't dangerous times. About that. It's a Jersey um, thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, what was I going to say now? You've completely thrown me off. Ah, oh, I'm putting you in the patty bag. We got to go to break. But, but the Haslam's did say they haven't gotten the cold shoulder. And, and look, of course, they're going to smile in your face. And then they're going to talk about you when you walk away. 
That's how these people operate, right? That's how humans operate. Yeah. Oh, hey, great to see you. Great to see you, son of a bitch. Great to see you. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. So uh, let's take a break before I say anything else. I shouldn't. Um, Pete Carroll said something he shouldn't have said yesterday. He used a word in discussing DK Metcalf he should never use again as to any of his players ever. No we'll intent? Did he say this. no intent? <laughs> you blew the tease. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you received any offers or inquiries from other teams on possibly trading Russell Wilson? So it's the same as it's been. We have no intention of making any, any move there, uh, but... The conversations John has to feel those he always has, uh, but nothing specific to, to that. We intend for him to be with us soon, and we'd love to figure that out. So um, we're in a normal kind of mode this time of year. You know, we're not to that topic yet, uh, specifically because we got so many other things going on. But we'd love to have him. There's, there's no way I could imagine playing around. Yeah, don't say intention, no intention, intend, don't intend. Yeah, Pete, come on. Come on. We intend for him to be with us. Uh, okay. Um, you, you had no intent to trade Russell Wilson. Uh, John Schneider, the GM of the team, also said that's our intent as it relates to it. They like that Are word. they just trolling us at this point? <laughs> Seriously. Look, here's, here's the bottom line. DK Metcalf is going to want to get paid. And until they have a quarterback who can get the ball to him on a regular basis. That's it. What? How do you, how do you justify paying him? 25, 26, 27, 28 million a year, Chris. Yeah, that, that, to, to me, that, that's the million-dollar question and to where I would think that they're still on the fence about where this goes. I would think that there's some intent to take calls and hear what people say about DK Metcalf. I mean, again, I don't know. Seattle seems like they're in flux here a little bit about where they're going to go. Where's the future here? You're right, DK. It's last year of his contract. You know, if there's no silver lining or something in the future to look at to go, oh, wait, yeah, I want to be here and with this quarterback, uh, then he might not want to be here. They, you know, this is they got to figure this out. They got to figure out whether they think there's a really a long term relationship to be had here, because like even with Russell Wilson, they had a hard freaking time getting the ball to DK Metcalf. I mean, that's one of the problems, the annoying things about Seattle. It, it's a little bit like it's some games where you just go, wait, are they actively trying not to get their best player of the ball? Are they, are they actively trying not to win the game or keep it close? I mean, they are. They will drive you absolutely crazy, Seattle, with that. So uh, he's got to be frustrated as a player already to begin with. And you know, here's a, it's a definitely another one of these situations where he's on my radar to listen for chatter or or this could be a possibility sometime before the draft happens that they think, wait, okay, he wants groundbreaking money. We're not sure we're ready to do that. They trade him, whatever. I, I wouldn't be shocked. No one's untouchable if Russell Wilson gets traded. That's right. No That's one on that team is untouchable. Yeah. And, and all it takes, we already know where the Seahawks land on the F them picks versus grab them picks mindset. They're willing to trade a, an established player to stockpile draft picks and avoid having to pay him gigantic money. So all it takes is a team to swoop in with the mindset of the Dolphins, with Tyreek Hill, the Raiders with Devontae Adams, and make the Seahawks an offer they won't refuse. Yeah. Because they'll take those picks. 
if there's a team that says, we'll take DK Metcalf. Here's the other side of it, too. And this dovetails with something that Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers, said yesterday about Devontae Adams. At a certain point, they respected his wishes. When, when have we ever heard a team respect the wishes of a player? I, I, unless they're just trying to justify the, the move to Aaron Rodgers or their fan base, and they're lying about it. The idea that you would respect the wishes of the player, that opens up a whole new universe. If DK Metcalf doesn't want to be there without Russell Wilson, and the Seahawks respect that, then they're more willing to move on from him, either now or after this season. I think but why not do it yeah. now? If you're rebuilding now, why not do it now and get the extra picks now? Yeah, I agreed. I do it now. I, I would think there's more value in doing it now than after next year as well. Uh, I, I would think that a year early, you know, the team can kind of figure out the contract situation as they go there, get to know the player, all of that. Um, uh, it, it's, I, I was going to bring up a point there about something you said, definitely. But, oh, it was the, the, the Green Bay point. You know, I, I think it's where we're going in the NFL. We talked about this a little bit on Monday and Tuesday. I think a lot of these teams have gotten to the point where it's just big money, you know, and they don't want to deal with, oh, wait, the guy that doesn't want to be here situation. They don't, they don't want to deal with that. And especially if the guy is, of course, one of the leaders in your locker room and, and a guy that, you know, can get people to listen in that locker room. It, it seems that's the way this is going in the NFL. And as long as, okay, you don't want to be here, as long as we get compensated fairly for it, okay, so be it, and there you, you move on. But he obviously made it very clear that he did not want to play for the Green Bay Packers. That's the one thing you take from some of the quotes they've made and some, some of the things that are out there, that it, this was clear to them, that no way, he didn't want to be back. He wanted the Raiders. He wanted Derek Carr. See a Green Bay. See Aaron Rodgers. Um, it'll be interesting to see who would make the move, and that may be the next phase of this for a later date. Which yeah, teams I know. would be the ideal candidates to make a trade for DK Metcalf, including the Denver Broncos, although they don't have the ammunition after giving up plenty to get Russell Wilson. Let's take a break. Roger Goodell said something yesterday about Daniel Snyder that sort of conflicts with something his lawyer insisted last year. We'll explain that when PFT Live continues right after this. Dan Snyder has not been involved in day-to-day -day operations. I uh, don't believe he's been at the facility at all. Um, and uh, we continue to have league matters. Tanya has represented the team as the CEO, uh, both on a day-to-day -day basis, but also here at the league. She represented the club here, and that will continue for the at least the foreseeable future. Dan and I will talk about that at some point. Dan and I will talk about that at some point. That implies that Dan Snyder won't be back in charge of the day-to-day -day operations of the Washington Commanders until the commissioner tells him he can. And that directly conflicts with something that his lawyer, Jordan Sieve, strongly insisted last July. There was a, a dust-up between the Washington Post and Snyder's lawyer because the Post reported that Roger Goodell must approve the eventual return of Dan Snyder to day-to-day -day control of the team. The lawyer said that that's false. Dan was not suspended. So by definition, he does not need to be reinstated to any position. Nine months later, he's still not running the team. Nine months later, voluntarily took a nine-month break from running the team. Meanwhile, you know, we, found, we found a clip that Ron Rivera back in October said he spoke to Dan Snyder twice a week. And he's still going to the games. He was there when they unveiled the new uniforms. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know what they're trying to prove here. And the other side of it is there's a separate investigation based on allegations made 
directly against him that could still bring him down. He could still be out. Now, I, he would fight like hell, and I suggested yesterday that at the end of the day, maybe he steps aside, his wife takes over, and his kids eventually get the team because that's why he's fought so hard to own the whole team. He wants his kids to have it. But this is just still a mess. And clearly, clearly, this isn't something he chose to do by himself, and he's staying away voluntarily. The commissioner wouldn't need to talk to him at all if this was all something that Daniel Snyder controlled and no one ever believed that. No, it's it's just ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous, Chris. Yeah, it's all just propaganda and BS, and just let's let's try to look right in the public eye and say the right things, so we don't have anything more, you know, bad issues brought up, written in the paper, whatever. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, again, yeah, it's not a good look. Certainly not. I mean, what what, is, what does that even mean that he's not there with the day-to-day stuff? Bull crap. I mean, we got phones. We got cell phones. We got FaceTime. We got Zoom. Like, I mean, really? Do we not think Dan Snyder doesn't have a clue about what's going on with the Washington football team, the commanders? I mean, come on. It's just it's all a look to just make it look like we're doing the, they're doing the right thing there. It's an ugly situation, and, you know, hopefully they can figure it out soon. But, yeah, I, I mean, again, for, for anyone out there that thinks like Dan Snyder isn't involved in important decisions or talking to people within that organization, that's crazy. That's insane. Well, hey, look, at the end of the day, his wife's running the show. They come home and talk about it. You think they don't talk about it? And you think she doesn't run things by him and he says, here's what we should do? Come give me a freaking break. It's a joke. It, it is. is a joke. It is. And, and here's the biggest joke. Here, here's the biggest joke. That they continue to hide the findings of Beth Wilkinson from the 10-month investigation. They're hiding those because if those become public, just like the John Gruden emails, those things become public, it's untenable for Daniel Snyder to continue as owner of the team. And hopefully Congress will continue to push, and hopefully those things will come to light, and the chips will fall where they may. They're protecting Snyder not because they want to protect him. They're trying to protect the rest of the owners. And that leads to our next topic, which we'll get to after the break. Roger Goodell addressed the Stephen Ross accusations made by Brian Flores, the notion that Ross offered $100,000 per loss in 2019. We'll tell you about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Roger, in the name of uh, transparency, public confidence, what's the value of having a written report released publicly in relation to the Brian Flores lawsuit and particularly the the um, charges against Stephen Ross and the allegations pertaining to the Rooney Rule potential violations? A written report released to, to the public. Well, um... I, I guess I'd have to talk uh, to our people about that in one context, which is this is a litigation issue. Uh, it's not an investigation. It's a litigation matter. So it'll be resolved in the context of litigation. That's not, that's not where I'm focused on it. Our attorneys obviously will be focused on that. I'm focused on what do we do to try to understand the issues that Brian's raised. Uh, that we all know and the ones that he would obviously be able to raise for us and try to see what we can do to address those issues. Yeah, but the, the, the charges against Ross, not so much the legal matter. I mean, that's a question of NFL integrity, if you're talking oh, well, about Yes, on, on matters of integrity of the game. If, if we see something that's a violation, uh, we will certainly make that public, yes. 
Here's the problem. It's all tied together. And job number one in a situation like this, when you have a former head coach who has filed landmark litigation that includes, among other things, the claim that he fell out of favor because he refused to lose games at the direction of the owner in 2019, the NFL has to circle the wagons. It's two different tasks here, and they're not consistent. When it comes to the lawsuit, you're circling the wagons. When it comes to the allegations against Ross, you're trying to get to the bottom of the rabbit hole. They're going to forget about the rabbit hole because job number one is circling the wagons. So that's why I'm very skeptical of their investigation. Mary Jo White, who has now been hired to do at least four independent investigations. And folks, you don't keep getting hired to do investigations if you're not giving the person who hires you what they're looking for when they hired you. Seriously. So what are they looking for here? Do they really want to come to a conclusion that makes Brian Flores' lawsuit stronger? Do they really want to say, you know what? Brian Flores was right. Stephen Ross tried to lose games on purpose in 2019, but that had nothing to do with Brian Flores losing no, his job. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, right, right. That, that, that's what it's going to be. I mean, come on. I, let's fast forward to the end of the investigation for six months. They're going to find out that, yes, there's issues in the NFL and there was issues with the Miami Dolphins that they'd like to correct it, but they had nothing to do with the firing of Brian Flores. I mean, that's what we're going to find out. Thank you. Stop wasting our time with all the BS and all that. Uh, you said it correctly. This is someone that's very familiar with how these proceedings go and Mary Joe White obviously is liked by the NFL brass there. Uh, and, 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 yes, there's a reason for that. So um, I, I, listen, Roger Goodell's in a tough spot. He's kind of the poster child to answer these questions. I do feel sorry for him at times. I Why? Do, Why? Well, he's getting $65 million I, a year I know, to answer I know, questions. I know, but he's also – it's a tough subject, and it's, it's not his doing. He's not the one making these hires. It's these freaking owners who won't do it. So he's having to talk for them and answer really tough questions that go beyond football, that go beyond, that are going to culture and society, and that's where I feel him, feel for him a little bit. I do think he wants to find the right answer here. I do, but he's going to try to find the right answer with also not finding Stephen Ross guilty or the NFL overly guilty of doing anything wrong here too, and that's where it's like you can't have it both ways. Job number one is defend the Flores litigation aggressively and zealously and and shut that down. And if that means looking the other way on something they think Stephen Ross did, that's fine. Real quick way to look at this. If it was just the investigation and Ross says, as I think he's going to say, I was kidding, Roger Goodell may say, bullcrap. In the confines of litigation, if Stephen Ross says he was kidding, Roger Goodell's response is, Stephen Ross said he was kidding. Stephen Ross was kidding. That, that's because you're trying to protect the coffers from somebody who's trying to raid them. Let's take a break. Uh, when we return, Drew had plenty to say yesterday. We'll give you the highlights when we wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. Jim Irsay speaking at the league meetings, holding nothing back. He called the Jaguars the worst team in the league. <laughs> and that's no disrespect. And he's getting warmed up. No disrespect. <laughs> They're the worst team in the league. And that was in the context of the fact that the Colts simply needed to go to Jacksonville and win a team that, as Ursay said, was looking to clean out the locker room <laughs> and get out of Dodge. And the Jaguars won that game. And my goodness, hey, look, we knew it. He couldn't wait to get rid of Carson Wentz. It was and very he couldn't obvious. Wait to tell everybody he couldn't right. wait to get rid of Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, for him to say it was very obvious, 
Uh, th- that tells you that something hit the Colts in the face where they said, no, this is not the guy. I think you couple that with another quote I heard, Mike, from Chris Ballard to, to kind of add on to that, where, and I want to make sure I get this right. You know, the locker room knows who's there by merit and who's there by status. They know when you lose part of it, now you know you're sacrificing everything you've built up to this point. Man, th- those, are, those are strong statements from an owner and a GM basically to say, I don't know, something that guy was doing, it wasn't right, and we knew he wasn't right for us, and we had to make a move. Bottom line, spinning this forward, because yeah. Wentz obviously is gone. Frank Reich is on the hottest seat of anyone right now because there's no way Jim Irsay isn't looking at him and wondering, what the hell is wrong with this guy that he thought Wentz would be the answer when it was so obvious that he wasn't? And my guess is he had to be talked out of firing Frank Reich, just a guess. My guess is he had to be talked out of it. And I think that Ursay has to be wondering about the judgment, the overall assessment and analytical abilities of Frank Reich, that he had a blind spot that big for Carson Wentz when Ursay came to the conclusion after one season that guy's got no business on our team. I'm sure it's on Ursay's radar, for sure. The, you know, it's a misevaluation, there's no doubt. I would hope that Ursay's smart enough, too, though, to realize and look, go – Oh, man, he, you know, Frank Reich, there's some history with the guy. And when he was with the guy, he was kicking butt. So maybe he can look at it that way. But, yeah, I think it's kind of uh, – I don't deny what you're saying. It's kind of put a mark on Frank Reich and, wait, the evaluating the quarterback thing, is he going to get that right? Uh, maybe a little more pressure on that situation. And <laughs> they get as lucky as any team has ever gotten – Matt Ryan Matty falls Ice, into their laps for a third-round draft pick. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding about this. We're out of time. Thanks, as always, for watching the program. We'll see you at 5 Eastern for PFTPM. Have a good day. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.